Hey, I'm Jay, an arts manager, educator, writer, musician, and professional daydreamer. And I'm Miguel, a musician, arts administrator, educator, and lover of all things nerdy. And this is season two of Play Black, Woo! a podcast dedicated to nerddom, reviews, and hot takes on arts and culture and the human experience from the perspective of two melanated artists. Yes, yes, yes to season two. I'm so excited that we're doing this, Jay. It's been 9,000 years, and here we are together again. It feels that way, don't it? Like, it legit feels it that too. way. <laughs> Both, like, no time has passed and... Also, you know, a potential war has happened since last we spoke. So, we're we're going to get into know. that in a bit, but like perspective. Yeah, seriously. Time is time is relative. Time is timing. <laughs> so what have you been up to in our little hiatus as it were? You know, I am just trying to graduate. <laughs> mm. For those of y'all who don't know, uh, I'm currently in a graduate program studying music. And uh, that is a whole lot. So I'm just trying to get through this year, get through my last semester, finish strong, and also, you know, start to look at what post-graduation looks like. Um, and I'm, I'm super excited to do, to do that. Um, but also, you know, just a bit, you know, a bit nervous. You know. <laughs> The unknown, and in the unknown, yeah, yeah, so. facts, facts, facts. Understand, but uh, what's going on with you? Uh, what what is up with you during our little hiatus? Lord, started therapy. That was great. Nice, um, nice, nice. You know, just trying to get my life together, and you know, kind of a similar way that you were talking about. Um, just trying to, um. Be the best version of myself I can be, mm. uh, particularly as an artist, and then also just as me, myself, the human, and not any of my titles. So, um, yeah, that's been a mostly fun experience, and of course, it you know also is not easy. So, for sure, okay. no, that's it's not working on yourself is hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's mm-hmm. it's the hardest thing you can be doing for sure. But mm-hmm. the fact that you are working on yourself means you're already a step ahead. You know, I try. I try. So what are we excited to talk about? I feel like, again, like the war that we'll talk about later, there's so much that's happened since last we spoke. And what are you excited to like dig into, both from what we missed, but also it feels like there's a lot of shit coming down the pipeline. So what are you looking forward to? Yo, I'm like so excited. <laughs> I'm so excited, and like you know, something we di- we didn't actually talk about at all uh, mm-hmm. is uh, dropping in May. Uh, Star Wars. Are you a Star Wars fan, Jay? What's dropping in May? I. Uh, that's you asked me a very loaded question, and I know that you didn't ask that expecting a loaded response. So I'm gonna respond with, sure. <laughs> Word. Okay, I. Am a huge casual Star Wars fan, and I'll, I'll explain that okay. like this: I've had like major milestones of my life marked by different Star Wars movies and properties coming out. Okay. Um, like okay. the I saw the Phantom Menace in Dominican Republic, uh, like with Spanish subtitles in like 1999. Like that's a wow. that's a seminal like memory of mine uh i and mm-hmm. in dr i played the star wars game like on the snes with my cousins like i remember all of these things very succinctly uh mm-hmm. so 
Star Wars has always been like around in my life and I've always really appreciated it. Um, and mm-hmm. what's coming out on May 25th, the trailer just dropped today, is the Obi-Wan Kenobi I had a feeling that's limited was, series. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yo, I'm just mm-hmm. so stoked because it kind of like brings two different parts of the fandom together. Like the people who are really into the prequels for some reason mm-hmm. and the mm-hmm. folks who are all about the original trilogy. Um, Which is our generation. Not for some reason. I feel like those are our Star Wars movies in much the same way the originals were the ones for that generation. Right. I mean, quality notwithstanding, you know, that's I feel like that's why. For sure. So I'm really excited about Star Wars coming out overall, but there's also mm-hmm. like so many more MCU movies coming out. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm, we're in the middle of uh, Attack on Titan being almost done. Who knows if there's going to mm-hmm. be a movie. Uh I know you're excited to talk about and also cover uh, the second season of uh, Rise of the Shield Hero. Uh, oh, I love that show. It's been so long, so long. Right, straight up. And then the you know the, obviously the Batman just dropped last week. Um, mm-hmm. There's just so many things that we're super excited to like just like be in yeah. community with y'all because like yo, yeah. it's it's finna be like bumping. Like I'm I'm super stoked. Everything's about it. coming up nerd. So there's a lot of. It's a lot of content for us, as it were. You know, to to the to the studio heads, and particularly the Japanese animators and studio heads that listen to this podcast, mm-hmm. of which I'm sure there are many. Um, you know, one bit of good news that came out. I've never talked to you about this anime mm. because it felt like one of those random ones where it gets a season of 13 episodes and you'll never hear about it again. One of those is a. Uh, uh, classroom of the Elite, which I really mm. remember enjoying. Okay. Uh, but it's been so long um, that I didn't remember it, and I don't remember why I enjoyed it. But it just came out that, I want to say maybe like six years later, they're going to give us a season two and three all of a sudden. Wow. That's huge. And that's great. Very much the same vein as like um, Devil is a Part-Timer. We went almost a decade. Now there's going to be a season two. And so if you indulge me, Miguel, I know we didn't prep for this, I'd like to quickly make a rant slash make an ask of those Japanese executives slash animators, if that's okay. It's a okay with me, homie. Like go, go for it, please Great. use your platform. Thank you. Thank Re- you. Reclaim your Thank time. Thank you so much. <laughs> right. Reclaiming my motherfucking time. So, you know, I saw this week, uh, in one of the like black nerd groups, Miguel has gotten me into on Facebook, trying to make me social, which is ironically, I've learned even hard for me to do virtually. <laughs> so, I'll be alone forever. Um, They asked a question of, what is your comfort anime? And I had never thought of that, and we can get into that question later. Mm -hmm. But the first thing that came up in my mind was uh, Yuri on Ice. Mm. Um, And I don't know why, but like, I don't watch sports anime. I don't like sports, as I was just telling Miguel. Mm -hmm. And I never watched Slice of Life sports ones. I found Yuri on Ice. I have a problem with how they kind of hide the clearly queer relationship between Yuri and Victor. Typical. Um, Typical. And yet in my spirit, I was like, it's that. And it makes me feel calm. And I love the music. And this is where the rant comes in. I don't know how much swear words are going to be in here, Um, but we're going to go down this journey. Preach. It seems to me (laughs) a little strange. Uh, that we're going to come out of the woodwork with second and third seasons of these shows. 
these random shows, again, which I loved and will be watching. Um, but somehow, <laughs> Yuri on Ice, which is clearly the most popular of the shows that I've just mentioned, okay. has become somewhat of like a phenom, um, has had a movie in development for, I don't know, five or six years. Jesus. That was supposed to come out like three or four years ago. And then they were like, hold on, guys, we're still working on it. And then silence, let alone a second season. And so I'm just like, it's just interesting to me that shows where there was never a whisper, a following up, never a conversation of let's make more of this, never as zeitgeisty as this one. <laughs> They can all get second and third seasons. And Yuri gets, I can't even find a Yuri Funko Pop, okay? That's how intense it is. The one I saw was like a couple hundred dollars, and I'm just like, you must be out of your mind. He said Funko And so Pop. it's just, it's crazy to me how, how no. So I just, I guess what I'm saying is rethink your fucking priorities. Um, give us what you said you would. Tell us the truth. Maybe I'm thinking about my father. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> just that's not that that's how I feel in this in this regard. I feel lied. I feel duped. I feel swindled and bamboozled. And I want my comfort show back. I want my comfort show back. That's my rant. I'm so sorry. Thank you, everyone, for allowing me to take this moment to to share my feelings. And if you haven't yet, please watch the first season of Yuri on Ice wherever you get your anime. Uh, which is now segue in less places because Facts. Facts. Um, Funimation and Crunchyroll did a massive deal a long time ago, and I was kind of worried about it because I hate Funimation. Mm-hmm. Um, Funimation is really more for dub fans, um, and I just don't believe in my spirit uh, in dub. But also, um, the the interface I find to be very confusing, um, and I just don't like it. And Funimation bought Crunchyroll. Um, And so I naturally assumed that if they were to ever merge, which would make more sense, um, or I figured, you know, maybe they'll play themselves against each other but be making in, you know, both the money. Um, But I figured if they ever did merge, since Funimation bought Crunchyroll, they'd move all of Crunchyroll to Funimation. But in a stunning twist, the exact opposite has happened. And now all of Funimation's anime library and dubs will be moving over to Crunchyroll, um, becoming probably the largest catalog of anime on any platform. Um, Followed a little bit by Netflix and Hulu. um, But by and large, Crunchyroll is truly going to be... even more of a powerhouse than it's been, and that's very exciting. Very exciting. I mean, let's call it what it is. It's a it's a monopoly. <laughs> Almost like I said, there's still you know this Netflix got some, Hulu got some, HBO Max has a Crunchyroll collection, but True. yeah, we might be approaching. I think yes, an exclusive situation, um, which is a little scare scare. But for now, let's celebrate. I mean, honestly. I've just been waiting for the consolidation of all of the things that I like to be in one place. I don't think that's right, but it's the world we live in. I can't really do much about it. And now we're going to have X-Men in the MCU. So (laughs) you know what I mean? Like, um, I, I, it has its pros and cons, a lot of cons, but we're just gonna, we're just gonna, you know, we're just gonna sit with it for a second. Um, and Jay, that segue was masterful because, you know, we wanted to hit y'all with the state of the culture, you know, state of the culture because it's you know it's about that time uh where 
Joe Biden's saying how everything's great and it's really not. So. Um, Jay, DC has some stuff going on. Like the the the, the DC universe has some 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 serious mojo happening. Uh, I think this yeah. Suicide Squad reboot, uh, heading into Peacemaker, heading into this new Robert Pattinson Batman, has some legs mm-hmm. to it. Uh, we're going to be covering the Batman later uh, this month. Mm-hmm. But how do you feel? Is, is DC going to make a comeback and actually do something? serious especially in comparison to you know this ridiculous slate that the mcu has coming along yeah you and i have always we grew up on dc and i while i don't like feeding into the binary of dc versus marvel if i had to choose i would probably choose dc as much as i love the marvel universe because i think that that universe and the way it's created and the interplay between its characters um is amazing And I think what we've always seen when it comes to the uh, cinematic universe from DC um, is a lack of vision and alignment. Um, And because there's been a lack of vision, um, that's why I think it feels so disparate. I think that's why it feels so random. Um, And so that being said, during all of this, mm-hmm. the animated universe was thriving. Oh. The television universe was thriving. 100%. And so I always feel bad for DC because people love to, you know, just come at its films, you know, fine. But on the whole, DC, I think, has always been really, really strong. And I think what we're seeing now is that some of the movies um, and some of the shows are now kind of getting in alignment with what's always been happening on television. That being said, <laughs> um, I saw a thing today where I think it was the president of DC saying our, our new strategy is to take the lead from these directors, is to let these directors go um, and, and lead us. And I don't know, because for every James Gunn you get, who has completely revitalized the DC uh, uh-huh, uh-huh, universe yeah. between his show Peacemaker, which he wrote and directed, and uh, the new Suicide Squad, uh, which was his as well, you have a Zack Snyder. And I will, for the record, come out and say, I don't care what version of Justice League you saw, mm. they were both trash. Period. Mm. Um, and so I think well, more than it is just about the director, I still feel like, where is DC's Feige? Where is that person who has a vision, who is really working with these directors to manifest things that are great? And so I guess, sure, whatever, yes, now, but I'm not going to feel great until I see who that person is and who that person is effectively. Yeah. What about you? I mean, I, I think that going in a more director driven route is definitely a, better than execs just cutting things up because they think they sure. are in touch with the people, right? And I I agree with you that 
there needs to be a unifying force. Um, mm-hmm. And they sort of had that. Uh, I'm, I'm forgetting the comic book writer's name. Uh, he did like a, a lot of the uh, the best uh, Green Lantern runs. Um, Was it Bendis? Uh, I'm, 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 I'm blanking on the name. I'm not, I'm not going to get it right now. But uh, I think it all it has to do a lot with more with control right because like they had a cat who obviously knows how to write has written some of the best um mm-hmm. stories that dc's put out in the last 20 years and they just still couldn't give up that like corporate control of the product right yeah. so clearly because we don't even know his name it, <laughs> uh, i'm gonna get some slack from this uh from the comic book folks in the comments but like i don't think you will though because the fact that feige again it's just an ep He's just an EP. I don't think he wrote any of these films. And the fact that we know him and that he is synonymous with the MCU means that he was given a control and larger right. presence right, right, right. Uh, to warrant this name recognition. And if we don't remember this other guy's name, that's not a personal failing. He didn't get the same opportunity. He hasn't made the same impact for whatever reason. For whatever reason, right? And I would most likely put it towards corporate greed and overall like Probably. Uh, lack of mm-hmm. uh, understanding of the audience and just looking to make money and not looking to actually right. – make uh amazing stories obviously hollywood is just there to make money but at the same time there is an aspect of it in which we're engaging in um actual storytelling um while also making some cash <laughs> like and i think that those two things are more synonymous than people give them credit for 100 percent, absolutely as they're now seeing when there's a good story it makes a lot of money so totally no absolutely um so uh i think they see it as a cash cow uh mm. And not as a, a viable commentary on like life. Uh, like we always mm-hmm. talk about, like these these stories seem like ridiculous and big and huge, but mm-hmm. when they connect with people, it's because there's a deeper layer of truth underneath there that everyone can connect mm-hmm. with in some certain way, right? And yeah. DC is just not uh, doing that right now. That being said, the director thing, I think, mm-hmm. um, is the right direction to go. Even if you get a Zack Snyder, and I'll be real, I saw the Snyder cut, and it was, if the if Justice League was a five, mm-hmm. the Snyder cut was a six and a half, and okay, but mm-hmm. that's something, you know what I mean? Like like the fact that when they give him complete control, it, that, that it's mm-hmm. are it's that much marginally better. Plus, obviously, the uh, unfortunate way he had to exit the uh, right. the project originally obviously mm-hmm. i i think that whole project was marred um his daughter passed yeah. away in the middle of uh mm-hmm. um, in the middle of the production uh, in a tragic way so like i think that project was failed as soon as he lost control and had to leave the production and then joss whedon came in with his problematic ass <laughs> and uh tried to patch everything together mm-hmm. so like i i like the the uh director has more control direction a lot more and mm-hmm. it seems to be working uh every single review i've seen that i've seen about the batman is like whoa this is as close to a nolan trilogy level uh batman story that we've seen obviously i want to like go in and see how i feel about it but mm-hmm. like people that i trust Say that it's good. So I'm I'm really excited to cover it. But then the problem that I have with that again is just like I don't think it counts because that is not in my mind, it's technically not a DC story, and that they have new intention of playing in that playground. 
we're never going to see him in Justice League with uh, Gal Gadot. And so it's just like, it's a great standalone in much the same way the Joker was. Mm. This standalone thing that happens in one corner of the universe that's not a part of the universe. And it's this hyper-fragmentation of the DC universe that just like, is so annoying. And it's like, you're trying, and that's why I honestly think Justice League was doomed from the start. Mm. Why are you starting with all of these people? You're starting at the end of this weird Superman thing, and he's dead, and all these people are together, and I don't know, because like some had already had, it was just so clunky and just disjointed, and it doesn't make sense. Well, hold on. Now you have another Batman movie and another Batman, but this new Batman is not the new Batman. (laughs) There's going to be another Batman that's going to be that Batman. Well, what? But hold on, hold on, hold on, because we don't know what they're going to do yet, right? Because you know what's coming down the lane. Flashpoint. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, Flashpoint is a uh, like classic Flash story in which uh, he has to go uh, back in time to fix, um, or he goes back in time, tries to fix something, and uh, basically breaks the universe and has to fix it, um, which eventually ends up having a like multiverse effect in which there's a bunch of different uh, universes with different versions of these DC heroes. So we don't know how they're going to connect all these things. So there's that. And then... Honestly, I'm way more down for them to tell good stories that are standalone than try to create what the MCU has created over the last 15 years. At least to start, that's like a good baseline for me. Because like they tried the cash grab of just going straight from Batman v Superman to Justice League. It, and it obviously didn't work. And it, it takes time and patience that they obviously don't have to create something like mm-hmm. like that, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm down for this approach for now because I don't think they're going to have that patience to build something up as carefully as Kevin Feige has over at the MCU. I'm going to come with another idea because... Like you saying that breaks my heart because I'm just like everyone who knows me knows I love the Justice League. They are that is my heart song. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even though I've I love the Avengers now, sure, but the Justice League forever will be like my spiritual whatever. And so now I'm thinking, what if we leaned into the strength that you know um, that DC has always had, which is their television shows, right? And mm-hmm. I'm going to share a spoiler alert now, and I feel like it could be more interesting to see maybe these bigger stars from the movies and their standalone projects interact and play in the world of the television shows. Sure. And so this is where the spoiler comes in, even for you, Miguel. Um, In the end of Peacemaker, there's a cameo from The Flash and from Aquaman. And Hmm. um, it was really cool to see because, again, it felt like a lived-in world. Um, and then, you know, the Batman is getting a spinoff on HBO around the Penguin. Right. And so, sure, maybe more of those cinematic people can pop in there. And so I feel like maybe if that was Elena carved out, particularly also because, you know, when we were watching those shows for Marvel, that didn't happen. That didn't happen so much on S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, after the first season. It never oh, happened oh. with any of the Defenders titles Maybe it'll happen with like these Disney Plus one-off series, although those don't feel like TV shows in the same way. Um, but I feel like that could be a more interesting route and a more effective route for 
for DC right now because they're just you're right they don't have the patience and they're just they're disappointing me and I take that personally I don't like it I, f- I feel that and you, you know we, we both know that Justice League like three to, th- to four o'clock after school Justice League Unlimited was on Cartoon Network like yo it, it was it was lit <laughs> like uh, for me it was Saturday nights and it was always great because you know with the Sabbath I couldn't watch anything word and so it would feel like when the sun set it was just me alone getting to like get back into like I don't know the world in a way and like pop back into this reality but this reality was like this really dark because it was for me since it was late at night it was Samurai Jack Justice League it was just like these really dark adult stories kind of and like yeah that's where my nostalgia sits you know, we talked we talked about that I think on a panel in season one but Samurai Jack is so lit <laughs> it was yeah, so dope so good. Uh, it was so, so good. good all right so uh, DC is it gonna have a comeback this year I think it's a question mark but we're excited to like just know. take a look at it and see yeah. what's going on I'm open to we it. hope I- so we, yeah, hope, we, we hope, hope so. so. We hope so for sure. But you know what? I'm going to say one more intense thing. Clearly, I'm just ranting today. It's rant J. It's rant. I, it's rant J day. Rant J day. Um, and I think this will lead us into our next mini topic. Um, I want DC to respect black men. Mm. John Stewart, particularly one black man. Where the fuck is John Stewart? John. Okay. John fucking Stewart. Where the actual fuck is John Stewart? The best Green okay? Lantern. He is the best Green Lantern, and we're trying to talk diversity and shit like that. Give us the architect war veteran from the hood, yes. John motherfucking Stewart. They tried to tease us with that John Diggle shit on Arrow. And no. It, no, no, no. John Diggle's John Diggle. Let John Diggle be John Diggle. We need John Stewart. And Snyder was just like, oh, no, I did have a John Stewart and the secret bonus ending post-credit. Bullshit. Give that man... <laughs> His fucking star billing like he deserves. Okay? Um, And I'll bring in this next part since I'm clearly in my rant stage. (laughs) And so it feels like the black man can't get any respect in these fictional spaces. Come to find out Ryan motherfucking Coogler. King Ryan Coogler. Okay? Who has been out here giving us bop after bop after cultural shifting bop. Big facts. With Fruitvale Station. With Creed. And with, of course, Black, Black Panther. motherfucking Panther, okay? This man is so young and has achieved so much so early in his career. So a few days ago, because they're filming in Atlanta, Black Panther 2, Homeboy goes into a bank mm. to withdraw some cash from his account, okay? This, ha- now, this happened back in January, in- Jay, just so you know. It was in January and we're yeah. just finding out about it now? Yeah, 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 because like, they, they kind of... Uh, resolved it behind the scenes, apparently. Sure, you know what sure. I'm saying? But like, it was a little, yeah, hush, hush. yeah. It, it just came out this this last week, though. You're right. Okay, so it happened in January. Apologies uh, for my journalistic integrity being yeah. a little flappy there, but this is why we're a partnership. <laughs> um, so he goes into this bank, um, and he's wearing a hat and shades because he is a celebrity, and he's wearing a face mask because we are in a whole pandemic. Even if America wants to forget that, and slides a note to the teller saying. I would like to withdraw $12,000 from my account discreetly, please. Because $12,000 is a fuck ton of money, okay? And we don't want to draw attention to, look at all the stacks I'm about to get in this bank right now. Nobody need need that problem. (laughs) Now, she feels like this is a little sus. And I do want to say, this was a black woman, I believe. Not a white woman, Uh like I might have initially thought. It was a black woman. You're right. 
Um, and what I will say is I can understand how that can feel suspicious. You have someone there who is mostly unidentifiable, sliding you a note, asking for a large sum of money. Okay, sure. I can get how that might be a little, you know, tingly, especially when you work at a bank. For sure. So she does her due diligence, you know, makes a call. The police come, and this, my friends, is where I get a little upset. They put my king, Ryan Coogler, in handcuffs. Cuffs. Ain't that some bullshit. As they're trying to figure out the situation. Now, here's my thing. This person, if you are a cop and you are arriving to this bank, this person has not been violent. Mm -hmm. This person has not said that they were robbing anything. This person said, go into my account and withdraw these funds discreetly. Okay? And so if you truly are trying to get to the bottom of the situation, why is there a need to put this person who has done nothing wrong in handcuffs? You know they wouldn't have put that. Why are you now humiliating this person? Why? So, yes, it gets resolved. Of course, the corporate bank feels horrible and knows that this is very quickly, very easily going to become a corporate nightmare, okay? And so clearly bend over backwards to resolve it in a way that Ryan feels good about. And Ryan has come out and says that it was resolved to his satisfaction but should never have happened. And of course he's right. Of course he's right that it never should have happened. So, you know, just more bullshit. And it just feels like even if you're winning, even if you're at the zenith of your career and notoriety uh, and of your accomplishments, there's always just these random moments that kind of bring you back down to the reality of your blackness in America um, kind of still holding you hostage or literally putting you in chains. I mean... I mean that's all that's that's all that needs to be said about that Jay straight up like it's just ridiculous it's ridiculous that it happened it's ridiculous that he had to be the bigger person about it like he has every right, right. to he has every right to be rip shit angry like mm-hmm. hold hold on he, he, you mean he gave you an account number and said please take these mm-hmm. out he didn't there mm-hmm. there wasn't no confrontation there wasn't no gun there wasn't no weapon there there was no just straight up to, to take this out of my account and I don't know listen homegirl I get it we're in weird times. But the fact that the police can't put him in cuffs is just is just ridiculous. Now, here's what I will say. What he needs $12,000 in cash for? I feel like <laughs> I haven't seen much conjecture on that. I'm like, sure, uh, sir, I know you got a high credit limit. And why are you in Atlanta? I know you married, sir. So I'm just like, we got questions. So like, what you, right, what you need that for? That we sounds like, questions. you know, we going out to a strip club later or some <laughs> sus going down. But, you know, I, I, I trust you, King. But I, I do wonder, what what you need all that money for? Uh, discreetly. Okay, oh, cash. That's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> um, you know, all of this turmoil we've been talking about, we've been talking about politics, we've been talking about race. Um, yeah. You know, it it begs the question, like, we're a podcast that talks about nerd culture from the perspective of two uh, artists of color. Mm-hmm, Does mm-hmm. the stuff that we're talking about matter when the world is on fire we got race relations Black all joy matters i that's that, that that's that is my hypothesis of course mm-hmm. that, that i would say that's our hypothesis that's why we're still doing this mm-hmm. um but oh not but and it's mm-hmm. tough to find those little bits of joy when we're mm-hmm. going through 
you know, historical crisis after historical crisis. Like we're we're in our you know we're we're right in the middle of the the, the millennial generation, right? Mm-hmm. So we've been through what one nine eleven, uh, the financial crash in two thousand eight, yeah, uh, Occupy Wall Street, uh, uh, election of Columbine and the rise of school shootings, right? Uh, election of Do- of uh, Donald Trump. Donald fucking Trump. Uh, the two recessions. Yeah, right, two recessions, uh, and uh, a once in a lifetime pandemic, and now we're on the brink of uh, World War Three. It's very easy to get discouraged in times like these, and it's very easy to like just like like devolve into your little cocoon. Um, but I think our solution is is to put this out. And hopefully y'all feel some community and yeah. you know, we can just talk about these things that we like. Cause exactly what Jay said, black joy matters. Brown joy matters. Joy matters. And we're here for it. Uh, and I think we've been, you know, soapboxing enough on this, uh, <laughs> yeah. on this premiere. Um, Last thing I'll say to that point though, really quickly is if we don't find moments for joy, if we don't find moments to, to, um, embrace what makes us feel better then we allow our lives to be defined by our trauma and pain and i feel like that's just another tool of white supremacy um is to shrink us down to our most painful uh moments and experiences and i think the ultimate act of defiance um is to be holistically ourselves to be fully authentically and expansively who we are and that includes our joy and i would argue maybe even it centers our joy so yeah big facts bro um you know and, and along those lines we want to hear from y'all like what do you want from us this is something that we're trying to build together with y'all um how can we make this more of a community you know uh we actually got some uh questions uh, from y'all for this uh segment on demon slayer that we're that, that we're we're super excited to just answer your questions please send us stuff email it at uh, playblackpodcast at gmail.com or hit us up on instagram we also got a tiktok in the works it's gonna be lit it's gonna be dope so uh let us know what you need and we're gonna provide it for you because that's what we're here for mm-hmm. and along those lines we got some kind of we're shaking it up a little bit uh heading into this next season uh we're kind of changing up our format so instead of having a full podcast that's, you know, a play black as in a review of what we're talking about and then a breakdown where we go into personal anecdotes, we're actually just going to have one um, more concise podcast. Today's not going to be concise because we've been ranting, but. <laughs> yeah. And we're back. You've missed us and you need it over stuff. And that's not to say that we'll never do breakdowns again. We have a couple planned this season, but they're just not going to be every week. For sure. But the thing that I'm super excited about, like super, super excited about, is our quick reactions. Uh, we're going to be covering things as quickly as possible. We're legit going to go to see whatever movie that we're talking about, whatever thing that's that, that's popping. We're going to go back to the car and we're going to record our reactions and get them to you as quickly as possible so you know what's up. You know if that movie's going to be whack. You know if it's dope and you got to drop everything and see it right then. Mm-hmm. We're going to be right on it because the, the, one of the biggest things we heard last season was like, yo, the stuff you're talking about is dope, but is it relevant? So you know what? We're going to be as relevant as we possibly can be. It's going to be quick. It's going to be wicked quick. 
But with that, let's head into uh, Demon Slayer Season 2. We talked a bit about Demon Slayer in uh, our last season. Uh, it's specifically talking about how um, it's kind of signaling the rise of a different kind of uh, shonen protagonist. Um, mm-hmm. But we have to talk about Demon Slayer again because it is literally one of the most popular anime properties uh, of all time now, which is pretty insane. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. apparently 65-year-old uh, men in Japan have opinions on who is best boy. So we just need to weigh in and talk about uh, Demon Slayer season two. If you haven't seen Demon Slayer season two, this is a big spoiler warning for you right now. Yeah. Cause we're, there will be spoilers. We're just going to talk about it. We're just, we're, we're just going to get into it and, uh, and, and figure it out. Uh, so spoiler warning, five, four, three, two, one. We're in spoiler territory. That final battle was amazing. It was, Oof. it was uh, one of the it was movie level animation, literally throughout the entire uh, like last half of the arc. It kind of blew my mind. Mm-hmm. Um, Jay, how give me your feelings on Demon Slayer season two? Oh my, where do I begin? I think you know. For me, I'll, I'll start here. Season two, technically, according to Crunchyroll, was broken up into the Mugen Train arc and the Entertainment District arc. Mark. Mm-hmm. That being said, we saw that movie of Mugen Train. And so for me, when I say season two, I'm talking about the Entertainment District arc. Um, I thought it was off to a little bit of a slow start. I really loved the episode um, where Tanjiro went to uh, Rengoku's family to mm. kind of like, you know, let them know, um, like share his final words and all that. I thought that was a beautiful episode um, and kind of expanded the lore. Um, and gave us some really nice character beats in some moments. I really like that. Um, and then, yeah, I think setting up the, the, the infiltration aspect of it, I feel like the infiltration aspect was a little weak. I didn't think we had nearly enough time of them infiltrating. Um, I always thought it was weird that, you know, the boys were cross-dressing and they literally had Nezuko there. And I was hoping that maybe Nezuko could have an expanded role instead of just fighting and could, you know, do her own version of infiltration. So that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, but once those fights got started. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. A couple of things. One, our boys have leveled up and that was clear. Facts. That their training had, had paid off and uh, they were going, you know, as a, as a unit toe-to-toe with an upper rank demon mm-hmm. which is kind of crazy yeah um and they got there in relatively a short amount of time um and so yeah there were some great battle moments uh my chest hurt and i think where the fight really leveled up is when the brother demon came out and you know between well let me back up between nezuko nezukoing when she took on her new form and just curb snopped homegirl. And then the 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 main fight, which I would say was the boys and uh 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 the sound Teresha versus the brother and sister demon duo. <sighs> I remember I was screaming. Uh. I remember that my hands were like 
clutching the side of my face like I was Oberon Mar- Martell's wife, like watching him die. Uh, um, Game of Thrones reference. Look at that. Yeah, I love doing her scream face all the time. <laughs> um, but that naturally happened because I was just blown. Uh, I remember the scene that took me out was when, uh, you know, Tanjiro is about to cut off Homeboy's neck. And the guy stabs his blade through Tanjiro's jaw. Uh-uh. His chin. And I was like, what? I was, and then Tandra was like, I'm not going to stop, though. And I was like, that's why he that nigga. Um, and oh, my God. I would feel so exhausted after all these episodes. But I want to hear how it was for you because I was watching this week by week by week by week. So I was having all these peaks and then coming down mm-hmm. and then coming back again. But for you, how did it feel to like sit through all of that at once? Uh, so I have at my house what I like to call anime house because literally my entire house is watching shows together, which is something that I have wanted for my literal entire life. So yeah, it must be nice. Uh, you know, hmm. uh, yes, yes, it is. I can't, I can't even, I, I can't even hide my glee. Uh, yeah. so, <laughs> I text you after every time though. You know. Oh, this is not yeah. this is shade not intended for you. They know who they are. Yeah, go ahead though. It's not about me. It's about you. Uh, I see. I see. Um, but I will say this: we made a mistake. Uh, we made Anime House made a mistake because we. Uh, I think we were under the impression that the Mugen Train arc was going to have some extra material. You know what I mean? Uh, um, and it didn't. Uh, besides, like one episode that went into the first episode, yeah, right? Yeah. That went mm-hmm. into like Rengoku's stuff and. Which was mm-hmm. cool. Like we got more characterization for Rengoku, which is like what mm-hmm. I was kind of like looking for in the movie itself, right? Because like mm-hmm. by the, by the end of the movie, you really have like like I think you have some affinity for like the the Flame Hashira, but like you also don't really know him. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's an enigma, <laughs> right? So like I I wish we had gotten a bit more time with him in the movie. So, uh, but I, I'll, I digress. Like we watched all of the Mugen Train arc in episodes and then went into the entertainment district arc and by so by the time you know that slow start of the entertainment district 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 mm-hmm. arc happens we were already kind of exhausted so i think that mm. kind of colored how we were taking it in because it just felt it felt slow overall because we don't we we went to go see the movie the movie in theaters like you know a, yeah. a year ago right so mm-hmm. um but uh we caught up pretty quickly though so we ended up uh like binging up through uh right after nezuko uh was was like knocked out of her like super demon state i don't know what what, what we're gonna call it um Mm -hmm. i don't know why her titties were either i don't really i don't really know what 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 that was about i mean i do know what it's about it's still an anime at the end of the day it's it's the male gaze is still there i know it's just i was like why we gotta why we gotta do that like but but why now they're demon bubbies. The de- Ooh, he said demon bubbies. <laughs> what? Well, that's why. That's the logic. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. Um, so we were watching week to week as soon as it got interesting. So I did have some of that experience that you had. Right, right, right. Um, I, you love Demon Slayer. I really like Demon Slayer, and I mm-hmm. and I I think it shows in the ways like I kind of critique the show because like. Mm-hmm. And we we were kind of got we're getting into this a little bit before we you know uh, hit record. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a lot of commentary on Demon Slayer basically saying that it doesn't really have a plot. Um, that mm-hmm. it's basically like a collection of really cool fights. Um, and I don't agree with that, but mm-hmm. I do see where that kind of comes from. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's... Um, and I think this season especially, like, there wasn't tons of exposition for us to go through. So mm-hmm. when it was slow, it was just really slow. It was, like, a little too slow for mm-hmm. me, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, when, like, the last, I want to say six episodes, um, with uh, when we were getting in the middle of the, the actual fight with the, uh, the uh, was it Upper Six? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, that that was excellent right like peak shonen battle anime right like that was amazing but like because the second the first half rather was so slow um Mm -hmm. and because we kind of already knew what was going to happen like we knew that this isn't the end of tanjiro's story we we just didn't know how he was going to get there so Mm -hmm. it was like it was great it was good like i enjoyed myself uh and it was beautiful anime animation but I think I'm I'm stuck in a trap. You know what I mean? Because I'm also watching like some uh, Attack on Titan right now, week mm-hmm. to week, and I think it's just it's a story of preferences. Like, do you want to know what's going to happen and be satisfied at the result, or do you want like a mystery box? Like I, 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 I honestly don't know. So I, I see where that criticism of Demon Slayer comes from, and I agree with parts of it. But I did really enjoy the season. I, I, I do see how people reach their conclusions, and I think I always push back, and I can. It's hard for me sometimes to say, "Am I pushing back out of loyalty, or because I think that there's a, a level of nuance that always isn't that isn't always perceived?" And I think it's probably a combination of of, of both. I think when it comes to to Demon Slayer, there are central mysteries and questions uh, that mm-hmm. the show has that it hides from us. And then I think, though, and we talked about this a while back, I think that what's different is that this show uses fights as a narrative device. Mm-hmm. It uses the fights to move story and character and skill forward. And I think that's a little different in Shonen, right? I think sometimes it's all about, you know, the flashy moves or it's all about um, just persistence, as it were. Mm-hmm. But Demon Slayer really leans into those fights um, for both those things, but to raise and elevate the stakes, to uh, show backstory, um, to build empathy, mm-hmm. um, and to help us understand some of those central mysteries a little bit more and more. Um, and to deepen connection in, in regards to the relationship between these characters. It's through the fights that we see that the boys are getting closer and relying on mm. Tanjiro more mm-hmm. and also feeling like they're in his shadow. It's through these fights that we get most of the development of a relationship between Tanjiro um, and Nezuko. And when we learn more about his family, it's almost exclusively happening in those fights when we learn about the you know, uh, the the Kagura dance, and then we go even back further back, and it seems like he has an ancestor um, who is somehow related to Muzan, right? And mm. maybe Muzan is his ancestor too, for sure, because um, it all seems really. And so I feel like you know, 
I think sometimes it's stuck with that shonen label. And for me, sometimes I actually respect a lot of shonen. I think most shonen have problems. So you're talking about the male gaze, pacing, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But I think that when a shonen anime is good, um, it 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 actually has a little bit more subtlety and nuance than it gets credit for. And I think that um, uh, Demon Slayer really lives in that space. So that's part one. So, hold on. So, what would you say to this question? Um, Demon Slayer is simple. Yeah, I, I thoroughly disagree. I think, I think there's so much happening at. Um, I think I think if anything, what Demon Slayer suffers from is a pacing problem. Because I mm-hmm. find yep. that there's always so much more I want to learn and experience. I want to know where is the really mean Demon Slayer guy that made it with them on final selection? Where did Anosuke come from? What was his experience like? When is Zenitsu going to fight with his eyes open and level up his ability? I want to learn more about the other Harishas. I want to learn more about their leader. I want to learn more about Uzan. So it's like there's so much... Um, that it can give us, and I think because it really takes its time to reveal its full hand, mm. sometimes it feels, I guess, more direct. But it's not simple. There's so much happening, and there's so much lore. Even thinking about the fact that, like, if you think about when um, the boys were getting on the train, how this is a world that doesn't believe in demons. There is an entire mm. core. Yeah dedicated in living their lives to a cause that most people do not believe in and therefore do not recognize. How do they make a living? How do they have these conversations with people? How does that work? So there's so much Mm. nuance in this world that doesn't necessarily get explored and so much history and lore that we haven't gotten into yet. Um, And so maybe, yeah, in that way it's pacing, but I don't necessarily think that it's, it's, it's simple. I I don't. Yeah. I think, I think there are definitely, I agree with you that there's a pacing issue. Um, I don't know if if simple's not the word, I think straightforward is probably a better replacement. Right? The show's called Demon Slayers Demon Slayer. Mm-hmm. This motherfucker kills demons. He be slaying <laughs> demons. Yeah. Right? And yeah. at the end of the day we know he's gonna win. Um and See that's another thing. Do we? I mean, listen, this show has not given me any indication that it would buck that kind of like if he loses it's to set up a bigger win later is 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 how i i'm i'm feeling about it right now like that could change right and again i i think that that kind of um that that is indicative of the the critique right yeah that like people might have thought that they were getting a show that had a bit um more unpredictability um, right, it started off. This dude's family gets killed. Nezuko's a demon. We don't know what's going on. And the pacing in the in the first season is was I, I would say way more superior than the second season. Right, the, there weren't mm-hmm. there were mm-hmm. there were lulls, but the lulls were necessary for us to like come down from big highs. Right. Um, yes. Yes. This was just one big crescendo. Um, yeah. And I think that's part of the problem. And on the other end of it as well, like the the i the idea let me ask you this actually cuz you when you were mm-hmm. saying 
um, about the lore. I completely agree. Like it's it's very it, it's rich soil. There's so much that can come out of there. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a kind of a proponent of like show me, don't mm. tell me. Mm. And season one was really great about showing me. Like th- we end up in the in that Japanese uh, town. I think was it Tokyo? I I, I forget. Um, I don't remember. I don't think it was, but some other word. We, big city-ish place. Yeah, and they showed me that we were in like early 1900s Japan, and that was really mm-hmm. freaking cool, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it it showed it showed me that there was like more depth overall to the story, mm-hmm. and I think season two just didn't show me anything that I hadn't already seen. Well, I'm gonna push back there because I thought we got some really cool lore pushes. Uh, I'm gonna work backwards. Tanjira, what I've always thought about this show is demons have magic, humans don't. Mm -hmm. And that's always confused me. Why is it that demons exist and can do incredible things? And once I realized that the show was just animating sword fights as if there were flame, as if they were water, as if they were lightning, but that they weren't actually those things, I was like, well, then why is there no supernatural element to what they do? But... Tanjiro in his last fight, his scar extended. It like burned like a fire and got mm-hmm. bigger on his face yeah. and then receded again. And I was like, what the fuck is that about? Or earlier where he was talking about how he needed to flip between um, the Kagura and water breathing. And then he unlocked in his mind the understanding that that's how all these other forms had been created. I thought that was so cool where it was just like, oh, in order to compensate for their bodies or their tools or their weapons or whatever, that's how everything got a permit. So like it's it's happening. I feel like and that was still like a very like not beating us over the head with whatever. Um, So, yeah, I feel like it happens. I agree. It happens less. I think, you know, part of why the pacing might have been better for Demon Slayer, ironically, was that there was more to explore in the beginning mm-hmm. um, in terms of his exploration of what this world was. Um, and so hopefully, yeah, I think I what I I guess what I'll say is I hope that Demon Slayer doesn't just rely on its fights because Demon Slayer, I thought, was just as compelling and anger inducing <laughs> when Tanjiro first met the uh harishas right and they were like putting nezuko on trial um as it was during his fight with the spider-man and so i Mm. feel like there doesn't always have to be a fight for that stuff to happen um and but i think demon slayer knows that it does fights well on every level emotionally visually oh my god i mean i mean yeah no there is no there is no anyone who has anything bad to say about the animation in demon slayer I don't know what kick rocks I, die, but I just don't. Jesus, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just don't know what would satisfy you. Like it is yeah. visually stunning, I, and I, I can't mm-hmm. say it enough. Like I don't know what they're eating over at uh, UFO table, but like movie level shit, the entire season. Jesus. That is crisp. It's insane. It, I I don't know how they. I don't know how they do it. But stunning. Um, stunning. Yeah. So. I think what we can agree on is Demon Slayer is straightforward with a rich mm-hmm. like bed of lore that we want to know more about and could help mm-hmm. fix some of the pacing issues we had in season two. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
its predictability is its strength. And if you're into a show that you you have a basic understanding of what's going to happen, that's great. If you if you're looking for a mystery box, this probably isn't it. I just I don't think it's predictable. I feel like we are putting shonen rules. I feel like the feeling of predictability is less about Demon Slayer and more about shonen. And I feel like how will you ever know that something will defy your expectation of it until it defies your expectation of it? But if you feel like I don't know. I just feel like there's so much story here. And I think I'd, yes, maybe I called pretty early that Rengoku would die um, because it just, it felt like that was the setup. But I don't know. I feel like you hope that things won't happen to the boys. And you assume maybe to a degree that because it's shown and because they're protagonists. Yeah, I feel like it's protagonist plot protection that we that we apply, right? We go in 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 nature of Tantro being the protagonist of the story, he will survive it. Um but is that a trapping of the story? Mm. I don't think so. And and I still feel like we've seen some real consequences from the show so far. Have they been permanent in terms of a negative consequence to Anosuke and um Zidetsu, I will. I will admit. Did I roll my eyes a little bit when Anosuke was like, "I can move my organs around," and that's I, why I got stabbed through the heart. And I was. Fine. I was just okay, about to bring that. That was no. Because hold on, yeah. hold on, hold on. I concede on that. Wait, point. Well, yeah. Because like, okay. So when when Anosuke was on the ground and not moving and had been poisoned, I was like, yeah. "Word, yeah. okay. How are yeah. we gonna get out of this one? What is the what is yeah. the, like not the plot device, but like how how are you gonna write your way out of this?" Right. Uh, out of this corner, like, um, like okay. So I, I'm a I'm a mainly a jazz musician. So I, 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 mm-hmm. I, I'll I'll put this into context, right? Like often when we're studying jazz and we're learning how to improvise, um, we try to put ourselves into situ into improvisational situations that are hard to get out of to figure out how we would get out of those situations. I don't know if that makes mm-hmm. sense, right? But Oh, it does. As a singer who fails to sometimes get back, yes, right, I know right, right. Like, how, what happens when you get a little too far how out. Are, how are you going to bring it back in and do it in a mm-hmm. way that's satisfying to the audience and satisfying musically to you and like all, mm-hmm. all of those things, right? And I was like, oh, shit. Like, yo, Inosuke is down. Zenitsu is out of, out of gas. Tanjiro's mm-hmm. out of gas. Uh, mm-hmm. Sound Hashira has literally lost a hand and is is down. Like mm-hmm. this is a really cool mm-hmm. moment. I really want to see what what they're gonna do to write right, right out of it. And what I mm-hmm. what I got felt not like the payoff wasn't uh as big as the buildup that it had. You know what I mean? Like okay, a little Deus Ex Machina. Yeah. Okay. And Anosuke is gonna uh, uh, can can move his organs around. Like they kind of set that up a little bit with him being able to like bend, bend his joints. Sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Zenitsu is just gonna pull something out of his ass. Uh, the one mm-hmm. thing that I thought was cool was the sound Hashira because he has that like uh that buildup of uh, immunity to poison because of his ninja background. That was mm-hmm. cool. He could slow down his heart mm-hmm. rate. Of course, he's a Hashira, Hashira level fighter. That makes total sense to me. Mm-hmm. And the fact mm-hmm. that he was able to, um, like, still fight on level with his dude with one mm-hmm. hand and his teeth mm-hmm. blew my mind. Mm-hmm. That was really cool. But the rest of it felt contrived mm-hmm. and took away from his moment. He when he mm-hmm. when he blasted off and said, "Yo, this is our moment. We can win." And just 
just sprinted off to, to take out uh, the the upper six. Yo, that was probably one of my favorite moments of the of the entire season. Also, another favorite moment would definitely be after Tanjiro actually took that dude's head off, and mm-hmm. and the the body was about to explode, but uh, Tanjiro couldn't hear uh, what mm-hmm. what the Sanhashiro was saying. That was mm. beautifully done. Because I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know how they were going to pull that out. I think, mm-hmm. for me, I'm not going to put that put this on you, but for me, mm-hmm. the predictability of Demon Slayer is both its greatest strength and greatest weakness. I see your point. I see your point. And I think, yes, I think different strokes for different folks, for sure. Um, speaking <laughs> of different strokes for different folks, oh uh, I have a little... I have a little game for us after the break, so uh, let's take a little commercial break or music break, and uh, we'll, we'll play a little game. Okay, we are back. <laughs> you know, we got a lot of love for these transitions, so we thought we'd intro them a little bit, give them a moment to, to breathe and, and shine. Um, so as I said, we've got a game coming up. And before we do that, I want to extend the suspense just a little bit longer. Uh, Miguel, you got some fan questions for yeah, us? Yeah, we got some fan questions. I love that. Wow. I love feedback. Ooh. Mm-hmm. All right, y'all. So we're running a little late on time, so I... I we're going to be concise. Uh, if you, if I, if we yeah. don't take your question this time, we'll definitely take it next. You just got to hit us up at mm-hmm. playback, uh, podcast at gmail.com, uh, or Instagram mm-hmm. at playback, po- play black podcast season two. And I still can't say the name, Jay. God damn. I tell you, it's a tongue it's twister. A, it's not yeah, you. It's a tongue twister, but okay. So choose one of these questions to answer for me, Jay. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Who do you like more between the two Hashiras you have spent time with one? Okay. Two is Tanjiro too positive. Okay. Three. How do you feel about Zenitsu? I find him annoying. <laughs> oh, okay. And who is best boy out of our three main protagonists? I'm gonna take uh I'm gonna take the Zenitsu question. Um okay. <sighs> Uh, there are two there are two zenitsus right sure um and ooh, damn i don't think i like either of them Ooh, <laughs> uh and i say that because the sleeping zenitsu is kind of super serious has not much of a personality uh-huh. it's all about the business but is extremely competent so you appreciate him for that because he gets work done 100%. uh awake zenitsu annoying as hell um, you know, I wouldn't go as far as to say misogynistic, but definitely like I would say that. You know, <laughs> you think so? Yeah. Uh, yeah, just pro. I, what I would say is for sure problematic. Yes. Um, 100%. and he's in the midst of a change, which I appreciate. I think you know, as more time goes on, I think you know, um, the passion and and intensity of Anosuke and Tanjiro are are wearing off on him. Um, in a good way. Uh, but yeah, I think as it stands right now, as much as I do root for him, I root for him more so on who he can be rather than who he is. Yeah. Like, I think if I were to answer this question, I'd say 
I like uh, competent Zenitsu better, but I can't mm-hmm. I can't wait till there is a mixture of the two. Because as soon as he is yeah. able to like actually fight with his eyes open, which I thought with his eyes yeah, open, I thought we were gonna get that this season. That was I was kind of a, we should have. Right. Like during this fight, that would have been dope. If if during his like uh, thunder god technique, like at the last minute he opened yeah. his eyes, that would have been super cool. Mm-hmm. It would have been like Deku mm-hmm. not breaking his arm uh, for the first, the first time. time mm-hmm. in Academia, it would have been dope. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I agree. Um, the homie's problematic as hell, and I I, I just I I don't like the perv character trope in shonen anime like Same. overall. Like Same. I I, I mm-hmm. think it's 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 mm-hmm. kind of worn out. Um, but I would, I'll say this, I, I would take Zenitsu over, uh, Purple Ball Boy in My Hero Academia any day. Oh, over Minato? Yeah, of course. Yeah, straight up. Yeah. Straight up. Yeah. Yeah, because they're both sexual people, which, uh, you know what I'm doing right uh, now. Uh, um, which leads us to our game today. So, for those of you that are, um, uh, unclear or haven't watched, which hopefully you've watched because we talked a lot about <laughs> this just now. Uh, the second half of season two of Demon Slayer takes place. It's called the Entertainment District arc, um, and it takes place in the Entertainment District, what some of us in today's society would call the Red Light District, mm-hmm. um, and really centers on a bunch of um, ladies of the night, uh, one of whom is really a demon. Da-da-da. But think geishas, right? It's it's very, you know, they're very proper. It's not necessarily dirty. Um, It's a career um, that they have. Um, So, yeah, but as we were thinking about games, we were just like, oh. Uh, So we're going to play a little game, and it's called uh, Tanja Yes or Tanja No. Uh, and it's <laughs> related <laughs> to um, very proud of that one. Um, and it's related to the entertainment district. So, uh, as two sex positive millennials, um, we're just gonna ask some light questions. It's, it's not gonna be too crazy, y'all. You know, because y'all don't get to know all our business like that. Okay, you have to buy me dinner first. And then I talk Miguel into sharing with everyone else. Okay, <laughs> but that's that's how that works. So uh, I'm going to ask you some questions related to you know nighttime activities, uh-huh. and um, some of these will be a little bit more, uh, and also intimacy, right? So we believe that sex is not just fucking; it's also intimacy. So there'll be some questions about intimacy more so than fucking, um, and you will answer with tangi yes or tangi no. Okay. Oh boy. Oh boy. Here we go. Okay. I'll also answer these two, so it's both of us, and you don't have to feel off the spot on the spot. Have you ever made someone breakfast in bed? Oh, that's a tangent. Yes. Ah, for me, tangent. No. Okay. Have you ever had a crush on someone? Ooh, a friend of yours was dating. Ooh. Um, I'm gonna say tangent. No. Uh, what? What? Have I found people that my friends are dating attractive? I think. I, mm-hmm. I think yes, but crush. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I I don't think I've ever, you know, tried to feel that sort of forbidden fruit. <laughs> sure, Tanji, yes for me. Uh, it was not while they were together. I want to say, okay. um, and we did actually like talk for a bit. Um, Ooh, and, salacious. Yeah, 
a little bit, but me and my friend were good. Uh, she was upset, and I was like, "Listen, man, like, uh, I'm not fighting with you. I love you." And it didn't work out. I made a whole coffee pot metaphor of just like, "You didn't like this coffee pot." And I, I do want to say, I, I said to her, I said, "If this coffee pot had burned you, if it had cut you in some way, if it had harmed you or brought you real pain, I would not fuck with this coffee pot." But it just seems like you didn't like the coffee that that coffee pot was making and you put it back on the shelf and therefore I feel like, you know, I'm going to go ahead and grab that and we worked it out. It was fun. Jay, your metaphors are legendary. Legendary. <laughs> I cannot. With your... So, the coffee pot. Okay. <laughs> I love oh this God. next one. Have you ever farted during an intimate moment? Tangy yes or tangy no? Honestly? Mm -hmm. I don't remember, which probably means Tansy, yes. Uh, <laughs> although I feel like you don't, you don't think that's something you would remember if that happened in the midst of the what moment. I will, what I what I will say is, I think if if it did happen, it was one of those you know mm -hmm. silent strangler types. Got it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> which is the I think the ideal type to have in that situation. For sure, for sure, for sure. Not silent strangler. Oh god. Uh, for me, Tanja, no. Uh, but I definitely I've, like experienced in moment the the crippling fear that that would happen oh. but luckily it didn't happen um have you ever hooked up with a complete stranger tanja yes or tanja no uh that's a tanja yes <laughs> oh tanja no tanja no i could never no judgment um okay have you ever hold on i'm gonna try to like do a a gentleman of the night voice for the mm -hmm. rest of these mm -hmm. questions mm -hmm. I don't know what that I don't know what that I don't means. Know what but that here we tells, go. But let's go for it. Right, we're going on this journey together. Would you have sex in public? Oh, Tangi yes or Tangi no? Car? Does that count? It can. I'll allow it for this. For this, I'll say sure. Tangi yes. I would say car yes. Anything else, tangent no. Yeah, I, no one needs no. no one needs sand anywhere. No one needs you don't no want or or getting arrested, no being that. added to some yeah. list. No, thank but you. Cars no, fine. thank you. Cars cars are fine. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Would you use food during sex? Tangent yes or tangent no. Tangent no. Get that shit away from. Uh -uh. That shit is sticky. Uh -uh. It's gonna smell. It's gonna be in your sheets. Yeah. Tangino was the only right answer for that. Sorry for those of you that love that. You're wrong. Um, <laughs> do you like dirty talk? Tangi, yeah. You know, when I just said that, I, I felt like, you know, those commercials that would come on really late at night on like the WB, uh -huh. like like at a, like 11, that was just like all the phone sex lines. Mm -hmm. And so like you would have been watching something regular, maybe like Xena or something. And then all of a sudden it was just like, do you want to have a good time? And you're like, oh, my mom doesn't see me watching this. That came on at 11? Sorry. I hope I, I really hope that will come on at like 2 in the morning or something. Maybe. Maybe I'm misremembering my times. But no, I feel like it was... Because I wasn't really that much of a night hall when I was younger. Yeah. Oh, dear. All right. So this is this goes out to those fun sex lines of our childhood. Um, do you like dirty talk? Tanja yes or Tanja no? I I'm all game on on words. Words are good. W w communication is good, and if communication takes the whole form of dirty talk, here we go. Yes, let's, let's get it. Yes. 
don't insult me. Uh, but aside from that, Tanja, yes, 100%. <laughs> um, have you ever been... Ooh, have you ever been caught in the midst of sexual activity, whether alone or with someone else? Uh, if if I if I have been caught, no one's told me nothing. So Tanja, no. Okay, Tanja, yes. Oh no. Oh, Tanja, by my mother. Oh no. <laughs> Tanja, it was horrible. <laughs> Ah, she got big mad, of course. Oh, yeah, um, that's how that luckily, works. nothing was out, you know oh, what I mean? Yeah, but I, I also played myself because the way the house was set up was that, like, in the little vestibule or foyer where the front door opens is the computer. And so it was always she, had, she wasn't at home. And I think I was depending on, like, two locks, you know what I mean? Like, and the time it takes her to open both locks, I'll be good. And I just, I mistimed, I misjudged, and horror, full body horror is what I experienced. I'm, All right, two more questions. I'm, I'm going to have nightmares later today, just on, on that one. Uh, I'm sorry, um, but thank you for sharing in that pain that I don't think is still completely something I've healed from. Um, last two questions. Would you try bondage or sexual domination? Tanja, yes, or Tanja, no. I'm in of the mind of I will try anything once within reason. So, okay. Tangy, yes. Why? Why not? Like, like, you don't. Okay. You don't know you like something until you try it. But how do you know if you get what you want? I'm messing up a Into the Woods song. Mm. How do you know if you? <laughs> nope. Not gonna try anymore. Yeah. Uh, I would. I would. I would agree with you. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I'd say. I'd say Tangy yes for this one. Um, and the last question, arguably the most salacious question on this list. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. If asked, if this were proposed to you, would you? Uh, I'm going to play sex music under all this. <laughs> so when you hear this happening earlier, everyone, when you hear the music coming in earlier, know that this was the moment I had the idea to add that to oh, the edit. No. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. If asked, would you become one of the sound Harisha's wife? Wives. Mm. Wife number four. Wife number four. Um, That's a tangent note for me, dog. Like, Wow. Not, like, What's your reasoning? Listen, Tengen's cool. He seems nice. Mm-hmm. Um, the the one that's crying all the time, I think I'd strangle her by, by, yeah. by like, week three. Uh, mm. And, you know, like, there seems to be a very, like, servant-master situation going on because of the whole Shinobi thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. not really into that. They're into that, obviously. It seems cool. They have a whole thing going mm-hmm. on, but that's mm-hmm. not really my deal. Um, mm. But I will say this. Obviously, Tengen is a beautiful man. Beautiful man. Yeah, you know, like yeah, g- good yeah. on them. Good on them. They have they yeah. have a great old time. Just not for me. Yeah. Not for me. Yeah, I would be a mistress. Um, uh. But I think the responsibility of being one of his wives is too much for me. Like I would have to infiltrate places and fight people. And, like, that's, you know, I don't know if I have the constitution for that. So I'm going to drop in, I think, and, you know, you know, 
provide a service for the the relationship because he, you know, it could get old. You know what I mean? All four of them all the time, and so. To me, to be like the living spice, sure, yeah, I'll pop the in and spice. Yeah, the living spice for your sex I, life. Sorry. That's the name of my book. I, can, uh, can I call you paprika? <laughs> if you need a dash of paprika for your bland sex life, call Jay, um, and you can reach me at the Play Black Info, and I will, you know, pop in. Um, should you all meet my standards? And so, yeah, Ted again, beautiful man. I'd for sure pop in there. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't think I could handle the responsibilities of, of being wifed up by, by a, a, a Hashir. I don't think I could do it. That's real, bro. That's real. Although now, I am sure he could use a hand. Happy to offer one. <laughs> Uh, cause I'm sure he's ambidextrous, but you know, he might need to reach yeah, and he, I can, yeah, I'll just, I'll get in there and honestly, you saw, be what you he saw needs. what he could do with, with like with, with one arm. I'm sure he's fine or, or not. No, you know what, Jay? With one arm and that mouth of his. So I feel like, yeah, yeah. I'm so, sorry, children. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he doesn't need my help, but I, maybe I need his, I'm, maybe I need his. Listen. You do boo, you you do you boo boo like you you go get it yeah you you, you do yeah. what you need to do. I'm gonna think on that later. I, <laughs> y'all, I'm so excited that we're back for season two. I'm so excited because we can have conversations like this. Uh, Woo! And you know, with that, I think we're done with this episode. We've gone a, a little long, but we have so much more in the works for y'all. Um, please hit us up uh, at Playback podcast at gmail.com hit us up on instagram at play black podcast uh we're going to be starting up a tiktok uh where we have some really cool uh moments ready just for you um and dm us hit us up with whatever you want with feedback questions you want answered we're here for it uh this has been fun uh don't forget you don't forget you gotta make sure to get jay mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some food for eating, please. Not for yeah. not for the other thing. You know, gross. Um, and no nuts. I have an allergy. Unless it's flesh nuts. That was Ooh, um, boy. <laughs> wow. <laughs> with, that, with that, y'all. With that, uh, we're out of here. We'll see you soon. We're, we're going to be covering. Uh, I think our next thing is uh, one of the movies. So we're going to hit you up with a quick yes, reaction. Yes, I think it's Batman is up yes, next. Yeah. We're going to hit you up with a quick reaction on Batman in the next couple of weeks. And uh, yeah, we'll see you soon. Yeah. <laughs>